Our God is tremendous. Amen. Tremendous to deliver. Tremendous to save. Tremendous to set free. Amen. Our God is a tremendous God. What a Savior. What a King. What a Lord. How we appreciate Him this morning. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord together this morning. Feel the presence of God. Amen. My, just thanks be to God for raising up young men and young ladies in our midst. Amen. Gifts of God that the Lord is raising up, using for his glory. Amen. We can express our love to the Lord today. He's been so good to us. Can we just bow our heads just for a moment? Maybe while we have our heads bowed, we talk to him. Maybe there might be a a request on your heart you'd like to be remembered this morning. Lord, come by your way, speak to you in a very real way. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the privilege of serving you. We thank you that we're your children. We thank you that we serve a tremendous God, a God who delivers. Lord, in every respect, you heal all diseases. You're God that never changes. We just ask, Lord, that you would bless us today in your presence. Let your Holy Spirit speak to us, Lord. Let it reveal yourself, Lord, through the Word and as we minister. Lord, may it be, God, that we strike every note correctly. That you speak to us in a very clear and precise way. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless your children today. There are those that have needs, that they're expressing that need by an uplifted hand. Want to just say, Lord, will you pass by my way? The scripture said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless your people today who has a thirst for you, for the living God. Minister to every heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And I'm going to let you have your seats just for a moment. I want just to express um, to you some appreciation uh, for the wonderful meeting that we had last week. Amen. What a wonderful time that we had in God's presence. Wasn't it great? Amen. We certainly appreciate the Lord and Him coming by service after service after service. And God honoring us with His presence. Amen. And God uh, vindicating us as his children and speaking very, very direct to us. I wanted to say how much I appreciate each member of the body here, the local body here at the church for their ministry to the bride of Christ. Amen. And, um, you know, I'm hearing from all over the world, from um, Australia, from um, different other, uh, South Africa, Africa, different other places that are just coming in, just um, sharing how blessed they were by the services. 
You blessed them even in my tabernacle. Amen. And God bless you for your ministry to the bride of Christ. And those of you that kept people in their homes and fed them, um, you know, the hospitality of the saints here, I think, is unequaled. And I want to say thank you very much. You know, those who couldn't keep uh, folks in their homes, but yet prepared and provided food and took it to the different places where they did keep people, that, that was certainly uh, seen and, uh, by the Lord and appreciated. Amen. And uh, also, um, again, you know, you, you brought contributions for the brown bag sandwich meals that was provided after service. And that's just so nice because a lot of times late after the service, people can't go and, and grab something and, and uh, you know, and then, you know, our grandmas here at the church made sure that the little children wasn't left out. And, and so that made everybody happy and put smiles on everybody's face, even the parents. Amen. And uh, we had uh, just, uh, just tremendous um, worship services, the musicians, the, the choirs, the special songs, the, the sound, the video, the overhead technicians, the librarians, you know, every one of them did so well. And, and uh, of course, our deacon and uh, ministry team here, we so appreciate each one of you that, had, you know, that was there and ushered or helped in some way, whatever it was. You, you know, you just made a difference to a lot of people. Amen. I want to say I really appreciate that and what you did. Also, we had some of the greatest ministry. Amen, and that resulted in some of the greatest services. Amen. Brother Wayne Lawson, Brother Doug Baker, Brother Ron Spencer, Brother Donnie Reagan, we want to express appreciation for their part in the services. I believe that God spoke to us very loud and clear. Amen. And it said to us, this is not your battle, and that we will prevail against all odds, and that the hurt will not stop the music. That we are the finishers of the race, and though it's a time of darkness, there is a ministry of the moon, a church who will shine brightly in the end time. And I want to say that I really appreciate, you know, um, each one of you and your worship to the Lord. It was unhindered and just free to, to um, express your love for the Lord Jesus. Amen. There's nothing like just good old-fashioned Pentecostal singing that we had right here. Amen. Singing in the Spirit. Amen. I tell you, it's um, songs that are reminiscent of a, of a book of Acts church. Oh, well, no, we may not have the Jewish beat down and the Jewish dance down and sing the way the Jews did and maybe like the early church did, but we are singing like the end time bride. Amen. And worshiping in spirit and in truth. And I'd rather have that than all the formalism in the world. Amen. In fact, the matter is, um, we, we might ought to get rid of some of the formalism and uh, trade it in for something real. Amen. So we really want to express our appreciation to you and, and for your love for the Lord and your sacrifice of praise that you gave and everything that was done for the glory of God. Amen. I want to sing a song this morning. And I'm going to let you stand on this one. He brought me out of the miry clay. Aren't you glad for what he did for you? Amen. Amen. 
Well, my heart was distressed. Need to hold a straight frown. I'm low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep, my clay, who tenderly brought me out to cold. tell us over and over again making it very loud and clear we are not to retreat we are to stay the course anybody wonder what we're going to do that's what we're going to do we're going to stay the course we will not retreat we will not back down amen we will go forward in his name amen with all of our hearts to serve him amen God bless you I want us to read again this morning from Isaiah chapter 35. We're going to read from verse 1, if you will read there with me today. Isaiah 35 and verse 1, beautiful scripture here that we haven't uh, even come close to getting all of the, all the goodies out of it. Amen. The word of the Lord is precious. 
You know, in um, Samuel's, Samuel's day or the day of Eli, the Bible said the word of the Lord was precious. Now, that meant the, Lord, the word of the Lord was rare. And I would say even today, the word of the Lord is rare. It's very precious. Amen. You don't find it everywhere. Fact of the matter is, Amos 8, 11 said that fair virgins will faint and, and young men will faint and, as they are seeking for the hearing of the word of the Lord and will not find it. Amen. But, um, you know, there, there is a place here where that God has provided the word of God. Amen. That we can rejoice in truth. Amen. We ought to be a happy people today. To be able to rejoice in truth. So the word of the Lord is precious. Amen. It's not only precious in the sense of rare, but it's precious in that it's dear to our hearts. Amen. God bless you. Isaiah 35 verse 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy. And singing, the glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. And say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even the God with a recompense. He will come and save you. And then shall the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. And the habitation of dragons, where each lay, shall be grass with weeds, reeds, and rushes. Amen. May God bless you. You can be seated. This morning we're going to be speaking on a restored people. A restored land. What a wonderful truth that lays in the Word of God as we have read this morning here in Isaiah 35. It's a prophecy of a restored people and a restored land. And we are reading of a people that blossoms and rejoices with joy and with singing. We're reading of the weak hands and the feeble knees being strengthened. And God is saying, be strong and fear not. God will come with vengeance, but he will come to save. We are reminded also of the scripture that says, let the weak say, I am strong. It didn't say that we confess our weaknesses, but rather that we confess who we are in Christ. So let the weak say I'm strong because out against all odds, the hurt will not stop the music. Amen. Look, the the lame will leap as the deer. That word heart actually means a 
a, a buck or a male deer as it would leap along. The lame will leap like as a deer. The tongue of the dumb will sing. The land that has been long unfruitful and desolate, waters will break out. Amen. For as we believe on him, as the scripture has said, then out of our innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. There shall be streams in the desert, springs of water. There shall be grass of fruitful land flowing with milk and honey. It all lays in this restored land. And let me just say there is a people, there is a church that is rising after 50 years of of, of teaching and doing what we've called laying in the presence of the sun and maturing and, and um, getting all the greenness and immaturity out of us, a people who have been sown with the word. And remember, if the word has been sown, then that's the kind of crop we're going to get. Amen. Because we reap whatever we sow. So if the word is being sowed, then we will also reap of that same word. And so, again, it's a church that is mature and is ready. She's prepared and has a ministry that will unite Christ and his bride as one. A people who the Bible said know their God and who will do exploits. Brother Branham would say in the adoption message, he would say, tell me, my brother, tell me, my sister, when was a time when sons of God was ever to be manifested outside of this time now? When was there ever a time in history that this, that, that, that is manifest a time to deliver all nature? Nature, the nature itself is groaning, waiting for the time of manifestation. Why? Before the atonement was made, before the Holy Ghost was ever poured out, before all the Old Testament on down there, there couldn't have been manifestation. It had to wait until this time. And now all things have been brought up, shaping, shaping up to a headstone, to the manifestation of sons of God coming back. The Spirit of God coming into these men so perfectly until their ministry will be so close like Christ, till it will join him and his church together. Why is this? It is because this is not just an anointing. Amen. It is the very person of Christ coming into individuals. Now, you know, when we talk about this, as Brother Branham said, well, tell me an age, tell me a time for manifestation or the adoption of sons, where sons of God come to maturity, where that the children of God know who they are and know their position and know their rights in the Word of God, what they are to do with the Word. They, you see, we, as we talk about this, you want to talk about adoption the token is the adoption that places us into the land of the Holy Ghost. And the token must be applied. It is not just something that we talk about. It's not just something that, uh, that we collect, um, that make a collection of all of the different sermons and, and have all of the pictures and all the, the, the other paraphernalia that goes with it. 
But the token is more than that. It is the blood, the literal life of Christ that must be applied in this hour to give us a protection from the death angel that's coming into the land. And we know there's death everywhere. We can see it in our nation. We can see it in the world. We can see it in our society. We can see it in the churches. Amen. But there is a token that has been given in this hour where the death angel has to pass over. Everyone who can produce that sign. Amen. The sign of the very life of Jesus Christ. The token is the new birth of Malachi 4. The adoption that places you as sons with power and authority. Now, when we're speaking about this, let me just take a few moments in this and let's say, what is this adoption? It is when the word has become in maturity in a people. You know, it's not when it comes just in maturity in a tape form or where it comes in maturity in sermon form, but where it comes in reality in a people by an experience. You see, adoption is where the, there is a church um, with the power who knows their position. Amen. They know who they are. Amen. The reason why they know who they are is because they know whose they are. Amen. They, you see, it's the time that Brother Branham longed to see. He would talk about this throughout his ministry of a time that he longed to see. And, and he said, you know, it's one that he dreamed about and one that he, he had visions of. But now that vision and those dreams and those desires are now manifest before us today. It's God is bringing forth a church in this end time, a people that matches the word of God. Now, Brother Branham would say it this way, God is wanting to place his church. Sons and daughters of God, he said, God, let me live to see it is my prayer. It's so close that I can just feel it with my hands almost look like. And it's right there. He said, that's what I've longed to see. Waiting for a time when walk down the street. There lays a cripple laying there from his mother's womb. Silver and gold have I none. Oh, waiting for the manifestations of sons of God. Hallelujah. When God will make himself known and they will stop sickness. They will stop cancer. They will stop diseases. Hallelujah. There's where we're at, church. Amen. What Brother Brandon would say, I can almost feel. I can almost reach out and touch it. It's so close. But I want to say we have arrived. We are here. We are in the hour of a mature elect lady who will match every promise of God. This church he saw was not one who has just accepted its doctrine by intellectual conception, but with such reality, they actually practice what they preach. Amen. They don't just talk about holiness and dress that way externally, but they live that way internally. They don't just talk about believing and healing. No, they lay hands on the sick and they recover. They demonstrate they demonstrate the, 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 the very promise of God and see the results. They don't just talk about that God can do the impossible. 
They demonstrate what was otherwise impossible becoming possible. Amen. They are devil defeaters, mountain movers, fig tree killers, second tree movers who throw the offending tree or mountain into the sea. Yeah, I'm preaching about you this morning. Yes, I'm preaching about God's mighty army. Yes, I'm preaching about a bride around the world who know their God and who do exploits. Hallelujah. Brother Branham would say in the adoption message, he said, go right back to Genesis to the original. What is it? And now the world and the nature is groaning, crying. Everything's a moving what? For the manifestations of the sons of God. When true sons, born sons, filled sons, and speak and their word is backed. Amen. I believe we're right on the border of it right now. Yes, sir. Say to that mountain. Amen. Let it be so. Now, Brother Bradham would say, I believe we're on the border. I'm going to just say we're here. Amen. We are here. We have arrived. This is the hour. This is the time. This is the day we're living in. This, you see, that's the token. It's the life and ministry of Christ on display. Did you get what I said? The life and ministry of Christ on display. It is not enough to say, I believe the message. The message must be displayed. Amen. It's not enough to say, I believe in the blood. The blood must be on display. Do you hear what we're saying? Amen. It's where the life and ministry of Christ is displayed in this last generation. Now, not a church who merely displays justification forgiven, though we do display forgiveness, his forgiveness. Amen. It's not just someone sanctified or cleansed, although we should and must, and we must display his cleansing power. It's not just someone gifted with a tongue or prophecy or healing, although all that is always to be in the church and must be displayed. But the whole life and ministry of Christ must be on display so that the works that were done in the groom is done also in the bride. Hallelujah. Now, we've got churches today that are talking a good talk. We have, we have churches and people confessing a good faith. Amen. We, we are, but we're not speaking about professing or talking. Brother Branham would tell us in the token message, we have not come together to talk about the message, but to apply the token. Amen. To put it on display. We're not just come to, to, to talk about the great mysteries revealed. We must be the mystery revealed. The very product of the word and the message manifested in human flesh. The son of man revealed in bride form. Amen. But like I said, we've got churches talking a good talk. And we have churches confessing a good faith. But we're speaking about someone possessing the faith. 
and the power that others are only talking about. It's kind of like Jack Moore when he gave the report of Brother Branham and he said, here is a man who practiced, put into practice what we preached. And we've had a lot of preaching about what God is and what he can do and his great power and, and, and his word. And oh my, it's been dissected and trisected and, and laid out and, and, and filleted and been served in so many different ways. Amen. But, but it isn't about that at all. Amen. It must be on display. And we must be a bride people who display the very life and the very power of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Alpha Church, the Omega now. Amen. So we're talking about possessing the faith. The Pergamian church age, Brother Branham would say, if he is a living word, then this wrote on the Bible is a part of him. When you receive this into him which is the word and, 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 and uh, if you receive this into him which is the word this word comes into you by faith and it makes it alive and there's this old thing you know, you know anybody can criticize anybody can sit back and, in their unbelief and in their darkness but oh my we've been called to rise up out of that Amen. To, to take this word in our heart by faith and make it alive. Amen. Amen. And he said if the Holy Spirit is in there, when the word comes in you, it's alive as soon as it comes in. And every promise is true. Therefore, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart because, because uh, what you are deity speaking. You believe it? The Bible said so. And whatever you say shall come to pass if you'll not doubt. If you'll get all the world bred out of you. Let the Holy Spirit make you a full son and daughter of God. No world, no condemnation, no doubt. What is it? Then it's no more you, it's God in you. Then you'll take his word. It's a promise. Amen. And you say, Father, it's your promise. Satan. And he said, now something's got to move. Hallelujah. When you take the word in faith, amen, and you begin to declare it, and you begin there to, to, to speak against your mountain, when you begin to speak against that sacramine tree or that fig tree, come on, amen, when you begin to have tree-killing faith, mountain-moving faith, Amen. Sacramine tree moving faith that cast it into the sea. That's what I'm talking about. That's a people who has the blood on display. Anybody can sit around and argue and debate and, 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 and you know, all of that. But, friends, this is a time of displaying it. Amen. We ought to hash it out in these 50 years. Amen. Now, Brother Branham would tell us in the sermon, Word Made Flesh. I kind of like this sermon because, you know, it's special. The Word Made Flesh, India Trip Report. Amen. Brother Branham said this. He said, if that same spirit that said, let there be light, and there was light, said, let there be trees, and there was trees. 
And if that same mind that was in Christ be in you, how much more could it say, let there be no more cancer? And it would be gone. Let the blind eyes be open, and it would be so. See, it's your thought, Jesus said, verily, and Brother Brandon interjects and said, you say, but that was Jesus. You see, there's where it always comes out. You know, there, there winds up to be an argument, a battle in your mind, but that was Jesus. Yeah, Jesus could do that. But I want you to remember that Jesus was the time when God laid aside his Godship to become a man, to overcome as a man, to operate as a man. Come on, church. That's why God came flesh. Look, when he, when he defeated the devil, did he use his great powers? No, not on Mount, uh, Mount of Temptation. He didn't use his great power. He used the word. Why? He was overcoming just like you overcome. And God has given you a powerful word. Hallelujah. Amen. God has, has illuminated his word in this hour. The day star is shining. The light has come. The evening light has shown its light here in this evening time, bringing a, a Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Where Brother Branham could say right here in this last age, at the closing time, when everywhere else it is darkness, for us it is the rising of the sun. Because the evening light has broke through the gloom and brought the light again. Amen. And it's not saying gloom and darkness. Oh, hallelujah. It is not telling you to be fearful and afraid. It is telling you the light has risen. The sun is here. The brightness of his permanent, the shining of his face, his glory is upon you. So rise and shine in the evening light. Hallelujah. Now, he said, if the mind that was in Christ is in you, how much could it say, let there be no more cancer? And it would be gone. Let the blind eyes be opened, and it would be so. See, it's your thought. Jesus said, verily, and he interjects. But you say, you said, that was Jesus. But wait a minute. He said, I have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, if you say to this mountain, be moved and plucked up and cast in the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Is that right? You shall have it, not me. You shall have it. What power has been given to the church? Hallelujah. I hear a prophet writing a prophecy. Amen. The spirit come up on his pen to write. Pick up your pen and write. Amen. Those in the bride will be just like him. They will have the mind of Christ. They know what he wants done with the word. He don't want the word collected. 
Amen. He don't want the blood in a bucket back there. He don't want it remain there at Calvary 2,000 years ago. He wants that blood life, that blood power. Hallelujah, Jesus Christ to be on display right here, right now, right in this age, right in this time. Hallelujah. Amen. She has the mind of Christ. That's what he wrote. How many would say, Mama, that's me? A church that has the mind of Christ. Now, if you're, you know, if you're, you're born a dog, you're going to have just the mind of a dog. Right? Amen. I, you know, used to, I, I used to, I used to keep a lot of dogs, hunting dogs. And there'd be times I would go out and, you know, they would need a shelter. I'd get boards and I'd cut them boards. And then I would build a dog house. And, I, and that dog sit over there, look at me and wag his tail and pant. You know, I hadn't got a clue of what I'm doing. In fact, it doesn't matter, he's so clueless that when I get it built, I can't even get him to go in it. And so I'll have to take a chain or rope or something and tie him to it. And, and finally, when it starts raining, he'll get in there and say, pretty good idea, I think. <laughs> oh, oh this, this is what he was doing. Oh, this just happened to get here. How did this appear? Now, you see, if you're born a monkey, you're going to have the mind of a monkey. If you're born a human, you're going to have the mind of a human. But if you're born a child of God, you're going to have the mind of Christ. Are you with me now? Amen. Surely there's got to be a people on earth then that has the mind of Christ. If we got sons and daughters of God here, then somebody's got to have his mind. Hallelujah. Now, as Brother Branham would say in this same sermon, now you can express it by mental conception. But if it becomes a real revelation of God, and you see it before it happened and express it in word form, that word takes a hold and becomes material, a thought expressed. If your heart and your mind is so and then filled with God's spirit and your thought until your thoughts become his thoughts. Amen. There you are. When you, your mind and your leading and your guiding becomes a direct place or a direct inspiration of the spirit that's moving in your mortal being. But you know, the problem is a lot of people cannot tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and their own human spirit. Amen. And many times they think their preference about things is the Holy Spirit. When it ain't nothing but carnal human beings expressing their thoughts. Amen. But oh, brother, you, you see, when your mind, your leading, your guiding becomes a direct or a place or direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit moving in your mortal being. What kind of people should we be if the very Holy Spirit has, so, has you so embodied or empowered that you don't use your own thoughts 
And you don't use your own mind. And you don't use your own opinion. But the Holy Spirit has you so built until your thoughts and your being is God's Spirit. Amen. Expressing itself through you. What kind of a church would we be? Hallelujah. Oh, if we could just lay down our carnality for a little while and just get in the spirit. Amen. I don't know how it can be done, but 120 Jews did it one day. Amen. They had one thing in mind. They began to have one desire. Let that power fall in this place. Let that Holy Ghost that was promised come from the Father. And when they got in one mind and one accord, God came like a rushing mighty wind. Oh, I say if he can do it once, he can do it again. Hallelujah. If he could do that with a bunch of Jews, he ought to be able to do it with a bunch of Gentiles today. Hallelujah. Get them in one mind and one accord. Amen. I want God. I want that Holy Spirit. I want that power of God to be on display. Then he said, what kind of people would it be this morning if Branham Tabernacle this morning was so filled with the presence of God? Why, when you don't even use your own mind, you didn't even use your own thoughts. You didn't have any alternative of your own but just to be led by the Spirit. Amen. And they that are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Then when the human element goes out and the Spirit of God fills that vacancy where you empty yourself, then will will be when the church in its power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus will walk in his steps and in his power and in his thoughts and in his being and in his moving. You see what I mean? Then your thoughts will become words and the words will become material and that's when the church is in its power. Oh, I believe it's on its road. Now remember, again, Brother Brandon's looking ahead. Amen. Come on, do you think this is going to all fall to the ground? No, it's got to be manifest. I say, Mama, that's me. Amen. Somebody's going to believe it. I believe it's on its road that when the church will be so wrapped in Christ, the Holy Spirit, mankind, so far away from themselves that they don't see themselves. They don't have no thoughts but to serve God. And their thoughts move on and they refuse the things of the world and just move in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, move in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Then the love of Christ in the human heart, moving in the Holy Ghost, that wonderful church, will go forth with power and deity because deity will be revealed in human beings by the Holy Spirit bringing to pass the thought of their mind. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Bringing, bringing to pass the thought of their mind. Amen. Now remember, as long as Shemdar looked at himself as insignificant, a defeated human being, a defeated people, a forgotten people, 
a people who, who had wandered away from God and lost his blessing, as long as he looked at himself that way, amen, he lived a defeated life. And as long as you keep looking at yourself, instead of looking at what God's word said about you, Shamgar, you are the seed of Abraham. Picking up an ox goad did not make him a seed of Abraham. But when he picked up that ox goad, he began to act like a seed of Abraham. And he began to slay his giants. Hallelujah. He began to take possession of his promise. Hallelujah. It didn't make him seed of Abraham. He was always seed of Abraham. But one day he realized, I am seed of Abraham. I am circumcised. We would say, I am seed, the royal seed of Abraham. I am the predestinated seed of God. Amen. Whoever blesses me will be blessed. Whoever curses me will be cursed. And no weapon that is formed against me can prosper because I am a seed of God. Amen. When he realized, recognized himself and the power of what that meant. When he recognized the, the the power of what it meant to be seed of Abraham, to be the people that God would bless, to be the people of God's favor. Amen. Amen. You're not only God's favor, you're God's favorite. Come on, bride. Amen. Blessed art thou among women. Amen, you're even blessed, more blessed than Mary was. Amen, but you, you are, you're the people of the land, the people of the promise. Are you with me now? Amen. Now, all Shamgar needed to do was to realize what he possessed. Amen, with Moses, you know, again, here's a man who doesn't know who he is. He doesn't understand his special calling. He doesn't get it. You know, he's been told about it, but, you know, he, he doesn't, it doesn't click. Amen. But one day in, a pillar, in, the, in the face of a pillar of fire, something illuminated on the inside of him. And there become a fire inside Moses. Amen. That was just like that fire in the bush. And it began to burn within him. And God revealed to him qualities that was already in him. By predestination, they were already in him. Amen. And then he said, what is it that's in your hands? And he said, well, it's a rod. Throw it down. Brother, there was something in that rod he never knew was there. Amen. Come on. There was a power that could devour the enemy that was laying in that rod. There was a power. Come on now. There was a power in that rod. When he would strike the river, it would turn to blood. Amen. When he struck the sand, it would turn to flies and fleas. Amen. When he would lift it toward the heaven, all of heaven would rebel against the Egyptians. 
When he pointed it at the sun, it would become darkness for three days. Come on, church. You say, Brother Tim, get next to yourself. Let me tell you, what's in your hand? What is it that's in the hand of this bride? Amen. The name of Jesus is your rod. Hallelujah. Touch it to any devil. Touch it to anything. It'll consume any power. Hallelujah. It'll call fire down out of heaven. Amen. It'll cause the water to turn to wine. It'll open up the Red Sea. It'll do anything. The name of Jesus is greater than all names. And it happens to be the name of this bride. Who are you? A people of his name. Amen. It's about realizing your possession. It's about realizing who you are. What's in this land? What, what meaning is it for you to have been returned to this homeland? It's not here for us just to build another church. Just to be another stopping place along the road. Not even here just to have a divine healing move like they had in the 40s. It's more than that. Could I get it to you this morning? It's more than that. You say, oh, Brother Tim, that was the apex. That was the greatest. Listen, that was a forerunner pointing to. Now, in possessing all things, Brother Branham would say, you say, Brother Branham, I need healing. He said, the promise is yours. But if you ever get it, you're not going to get it easy. I'm going to tell you that. You're going to have to take it away from Satan. Satan captures your health. You've got a right to go to Satan and say, give it back. Hand it over. I come in the name of the Lord, the possessor of heavens and earth, and I'm his heir. Now give it back. Amen. You took my child. You got her mixed up with the wrong boy. You took my boy and mixed her up with the wrong girl. I claim them. That's right. I claim my children. I claim my brother. I claim my sister. Yes, Satan, you took them from God's house. You coaxed them out there, but I'm coming after them. I claim them. So how do you know? Because I'm an heir to all things. I'm an heir to every promise in this land. And here's the land. And I'm an heir to every promise in it. I'm an heir of all things. Amen. It's given to me. Amen. I'm an heir. I can claim everything God promised me. There you are. It's mine. How do you get it? Something you've done? No. It's the unmerited gift of God that God gave us and it's ours and it belongs to us. Let me just say then, God gave me this land. This land is mine, not because I deserved it, but because his unmerited grace gave me this land. This word is mine, not because I deserved it, but God's unmerited favor gave me this word. Hallelujah. What God gave ain't no devil going to take away from me. 
Amen. And if he's got it, he ain't going to hold it because I'm coming after him. Satan cannot hold it if you go to him in the scriptural authoritative word with faith to say, it's mine, lay it down, amen, glory, I feel like that. Satan, you lay it down, you took it from me, amen, and you've got to give it back because I'm serving notice on you. I've got notice written here on the word, heavens and earth will pass away, but this notice will not. So I come with this notice to serve on you that Jesus Christ said, whatsoever I ask the Father in his name, he will give it to me. And if I say this to this mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in my heart, but believe that what I've said shall come to pass, I can have what I said, lay it down. That gets him started. Amen. Don't get him started. Just it gets him running. Lay it down because I've come with scriptural authority. I am a believer. You get it, Brother Brandon said? I wonder if anybody gets it this morning. Amen. Lay it down because I come with scriptural authority. Amen. And if I've got scriptural authority, ain't no devil got a right to hold it back from me. Amen. Perseverance, he would say, Jesus said to this mountain, you say to this, Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you say. Now I have said it. Now let it be done. It is written to be spoken. And I have spoken. Let it be done. If you will begin to realize the message was written. Come on. The Bible was written to be spoken. That's what Brother Branham said. It is written to be spoken. It was preserved and and kept up for you to speak it. This message, brother, is not for ours to play. It is ours to speak. Amen. That's a step further than playing it. Amen. You've played it for 50 years. Start speaking it. I'm not telling you to quit playing it. I'm I'm telling you to quit playing with it and begin to speak it. Amen. Brother Branham would tell us, why Christ speak? He said, why do we worry? Why do you wonder? Why why do you wait? Speak and go forward. Don't cry out and say, oh, Lord, is it your will to heal today? Sure, it's your will. Thus saith the Lord, it is his will. Can I receive the Holy Ghost today? Is the days of miracles past? Certainly, the days of miracles is here forever. The Holy Spirit is here. Do men speak with tongues today? The Bible said so. These signs shall follow them that believe. Does the the man interpret messages? The Bible said they do. That settles it. Thus saith the Lord, speak. Don't cry. Speak and go forward. God don't want a bunch of crying babies. He wants men that's got backbones. Amen. Not wishbones. I wish I had it. I wish I could do this. But backbones that are standing the breach and claim the victory. And claim the call out in the midst of darkness. 
no matter what anyone else says, we speak and go forward. Hallelujah. That's what I heard this week. Don't retreat. Amen. Keep going forward. Maintain the course. Hallelujah. All the hurt ain't going to stop the music, but you're going to defeat this enemy against all odds because if God is on your side, who can be against you? Hallelujah. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Hallelujah. Now, he said, believe the message. God is here. He'll vindicate his message. Absolutely, it's his message we're standing for. God is here. He's the same God that was back yonder in Galilee. He's the same God that was in the days of Moses. He can't fail. You believe it? Amen. Now, so now, yeah, Brother Branham would tell even those spirit-filled people of his day and time. You know, he would tell them, look, you need something more. There's something more that is coming. There is a greater and greater outpouring than what you've received. And, and he, would, he would tell them, you need, he called it adoption. What he, what he was speaking about, you need to be a mature people. A man who knows their position. Amen. And God has positioned them in that place of authority. Amen. He taught that adoption is not your birth, but your placing. And that was because so many of the denominations and, and the Azusa Pentecostals and other full gospel people had only received a portion of the Spirit. And they would speak with tongues or shout or dance and but they were continuing to live defeated lives. I want you to know that is not our message. Our message does not permit its people to live defeated lives. Amen. This message empowers a people to be overcomers, victorious ones. It will not allow you to live defeated lives. Amen. This message will cause those who are living in such fear and defeat. You know, there are people that are living in such fear. They're afraid to worship. They're afraid of, they're afraid, they're afraid of what song might be sung. They're afraid to let go. They're afraid to praise God. They're afraid. They're afraid. They're fearful. I want you to know the message will not allow you to continue in a fearful and afraid condition. The message will empower you with victory. That's what it does. Amen. Now, but you see, they would, they, you know, they might have spoken tongues or even shouted and, or danced, but they continue to live defeated lives. Listen, I I love shouting. I love people to see them dance in the spirit, run the aisles. Oh, I can remember as a little boy back in 1961 in Oil City, Louisiana, and old Brush Arbor meetings and sawdust on the floor, if I remember right. Whatever it was, I wasn't but 
six years old maybe, and sitting, sitting there and hearing them sing this song, it shall be light in the evening time. And they were rejoicing over the light that they had received. Amen. The path of glory you will surely find in the waterway is like today. Seeing young men and women get so inspired running around and around and around and around and shouting to the glory of God. And that's wonderful. Amen. But God's called you for something more. Amen. Than just to have a wonderful service of shouting. Amen. He wants you to live that same life of victory. Right there in your school. Right there at your work. Amen. The songs of Zion singing up in your, welling up in your heart. But if you can't do it in church, you can't do it out there. If you can't do it in a place where it's safe to do it. Where nobody really thinks you're strange. Now I know you're always worried about what everybody thinks, but everybody's kind of in the same boat. And nobody thinks that's strange. Amen. And if you can't do it here, how are you going to do it out there? How are you going to display the joy of the Lord when you can't even do it in the house of God? Amen. Well, you, you know, like Brother Branham said, you'd like a calf with cramps. You know, amen. Formalism. But you know, the full gospel people had only received a portion of the Spirit. They speak in their tongues and shout or dance, but they would continue to live defeated lives. The sin question hadn't been settled. Even if the sin was not immoral living, but was but just the persistence of the sin of doctrinal error in the face of true doctrine. Remember, to continue in doctrinal error in the face of true doctrine is sin. When the zoos and the full gospel movement Within them, the people were abandoning at that time every vestige and standard of holiness and refused to take on his name. This misbehavior was preventing them from being positioned. And and the body is a full recipient of the inheritance. Simply put, their, their misbehavior was keeping them from getting the seal of God. The Holy Ghost, this, this, this alone is going to keep people out of the rapture. Are you with me? Now, there was something more to receive than what they had received, although they, what they had received, in some cases, it brought salvation. But something was more was needed for the rapture. And this is why the token message is so important. I just want to say to you today and to the world, it, it, it's, a, it's one of those uh, corner-turning corner sermons where a corner was turned by a prophet of God. He would call it the highlight of all the messages I preached outside of the regular commission of the opening of the seal. This is the highlight. This is the top. This is the greatest sermon. This is what you got to get. You must have the life on display. 
Now, the token is the blood life of the lamb. Remember, they would slay a lamb, take its blood, and use the blood as a sign the lamb was dead. And the token is the lifeblood of the lamb, Christ Jesus, taking residence in the soul. It is more than a baptism that justifies. It is more than a baptism of the Spirit that sanctifies. It is more than a baptism of the Spirit that gives you the gift of tongues. The token is a sign and the proof of the indwelling of the Spirit of God. It's, it's what makes the believer rapture ready and empowers the, the believer as a son, a mature son, to sign the check. Now, you know, we, we talked about the mind of Christ. We talked about the mind of humans. You can take a human... A little baby, he's got the mind of a human, but it's in an infant form. Take a six-year-old or three-year-old, you know, like my little grandson Jackson, you know, was out and I told you about it. He was so cute. They were telling him about, you know, the Stonewall Jackson and they were, they were doing history lesson and, and they were showing, you know, the battlefields as they were on up in Washington, D.C. and Gettysburg, the different places and there were Stonewall, and here Jackson came from this way, and Jackson here rallied his troops, and finally little Jackson, three years old, says, did I really do that, Daddy? <laughs> and then he looks at the statue of Jackson, and, and he said, wow, I really like my hat I was wearing there. <laughs> you see, he was a child, and he thought he was a child. He's human. And he's a very smart child, amen. But at the same time, he thinks as a child. But we're in a day where childish thinking must be something past. But a church that knows how to write out the check, to know the bank of heaven will never turn it down, to know there's plenty of funds in there, there's plenty of power. All I got to do is write it out and send it in. For whatever I ask in his name, that he'll give me. Now, there are those who have thoughts of Christ like Jackson had human thoughts. But they're baby thoughts. We're talking about bright age. Where a woman comes to maturity. Where a people knows their God and does exploits. Amen. But you see, in this day, we are some of the most fortunate of people. To be living in this day, in this hour, to, to be back in this land. You're not in a denomination. You're back in the land. Amen. Amen. And we have been given the supernatural, supreme token or sign. Amen. Amen. All that was foreshadowed as portions of the spirit that has been given to generations in past is now been given to you in full. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Today, we've got the Holy Ghost as our token. It is the sign, the token that we have believed God and accepted the death of the Lamb in our place. It is our adoption showing we have received his approval. Hallelujah. And that we are now sons and daughters of God. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Amen. If you received the Holy Ghost, then you met his approval. He would never give you his spirit unless you met his approval. Come on. Amen. It's a sign. You have met his approval. Well, what more do you need then? You've been approved of God. You've been set apart of God. You've been called of God. You've been given authority by God. Hallelujah. You're restored people in a restored land. He would tell us in the token message in Shreveport, now we have a token in this day. Amen. We have been given a token which is an antitype of that type, of that natural token. He's talking about the blood. We have been given the supernatural supreme token. And all that was foreshadowed has been given to this generation, has been given the token. And now we have the Holy Ghost is our token, and it is our identification that we have accepted the death of the Lamb Not only was Jesus just human life to come back on us, but it was God himself manifested in flesh that brought back upon us the adoption of sons that we are now the sons and daughters of God. And that is the token. It is our identification. It is our identification of the Passover, that identification that we have believed God and God has accepted you. Hallelujah. God's identification on your life. You've been accepted. You've been accepted in the beloved. You belong to him. Now who can lay any charge to God's elect? It is God who declares you righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. What can separate you from the love of God? Who can do it? Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. So therefore, how can you be a defeated, downcast, downtrod people with your head hanging down? Oh, you say, but their their army is bigger and their Goliaths are bigger. Well, who is that uncircumcised Philistine that has challenged the servants of the living God? Where is there a Joshua and Caleb that says, we're more than able to take it? Hallelujah. Now, Brother Branham would explain in the evening service after his token sermon and the message desperation, he would use, he would, he would speak of this adoption and use Jacob as a type that is not simply enough to, good enough just to receive the birthright, but they, they must also receive the token. And he explains that's why the Pentecostals who received the Azusa portion of the Spirit failed. Now bear with me. Now, in this sermon, Desperation, Brother Bradham would take this example of Jacob. He was a man, kind of carefree boy, 
He thought in his own mind. He knew that he had, that, that the birthright meant everything to him. And he didn't care how he had to get it, just so he got it. And after he got it, he thought everything was all right because he had the birthright. He thought the thing, that the thing was settled. He come up from his, to his brother when he was hungry, coming out of the field from working with the cattle, hunting the deer. And his brother, he needed a big pot of pottage, wild peas and things together. Might have been very tempting when a man's hungry after walking all day. And his brother said, I'm about, nearly about to faint. Give me some of this. And he said, well, if you'll swear to me, I'll get the birthright. He didn't care how he'd done it. Just so he got it. And he thought when he got the birthright, that settled it. And he said, Pentecost, that's where you failed. You thought because you were born of the Spirit, born of the Spirit of God, the birthright, that settled it, but it only starts it. You remember the message of hear ye him, how the child that was born in the family become a son. It had rights to the birthright, but it had to be proven, child trained. And then if it did not prove out to be an obedient child to the Father's will, then it must be, well, it did not get become heir. It aired nothing. Yet it was a son. But he aired nothing if he wasn't interested in the Father's work. So when the Holy Ghost fell upon the Pentecostal people, now catch this key. And they began to restore back the gifts and things that was in the church. They thought because they were born of the Spirit, that settled it. But you see, there's the placing of a son. And after this son proved to be a real son, then he was taken in a public place and was set up and changed robes and sat there. And then there was a placing of the son and that he had heir of everything the father had. God did the same thing by his son on Mount Transfiguration. He overshadowed by a cloud and was transfigured. His raiment shined like the sun. His voice said, this is my, a voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Moses and the law had failed and this is him. Hear ye him. He was placed. Now Jacob thought because he had the birthright that everything was made. So did the Pentecostal people. And they began to organize. Now I want you to watch these key things. Organize the oneness, threeness, Trinitarians, all kinds of organization, fussing and pulling at one another and proved the token wasn't showing. Malice, envy, strife. See, but that's where it got to. Notice he said, here they, they had the birthright by believing on the Lord, by even experiencing things. They had a right. But understand, they thought that settled it. But he said, that's where they failed. He said, now, when they began to show malice and envy and strife, he said, it showed the token was not showing. It was not on display. The life of Christ was missing. Although they danced, they shouted, they run the aisles, they spoke in tongues, they had the emotion. Amen. Let me just give you a little key while we're right here. Sometimes, you know, you get prayed for and you feel the emotion, you know, and, and, and that's good. But if you just yield yourself and just wait on the Spirit of God... 
to really feel you with his presence. Amen. You'd get more than just a jump. You'd get a sin cure. Amen. I'm not against the jump, but again, we don't jump to get it. We jump because we got it. We don't shout to get it. We shout because we got it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. He said, so the birthright that he had, he said, Jacob thought the same thing, but in fear one night of his own life, desperation took a hold of him. When he thought, just across that river yonder, my brother's waiting to kill me. He's going to see the birthright that he had gotten was the thing that was going to cause his death. And sometimes that's the very thing you receive as the Holy Spirit. It is. And are born again of the Spirit. If you don't watch, that same thing will condemn you at the end. That's right. The very waters that saved Noah condemned the world that you would call, that thing you would call fanaticism might be the very thing that condemns you right at the end of the road. So the Pentecostal, Azusa Street Pentecostals did not receive the fullness of the baptism of the Spirit, the token. Yet they did believe unto salvation. And even as Luther and Wesley were saved and inasmuch received a spirit baptism, so were they. Yet something more was needed because after their experience of justification, sanctification, and spirit baptism, a gift, malice, envy, strife caused them to organize and build denominations and work for a man-made kingdom. Amen. And it disproved the token life of Christ was not on display. Amen. Oh, my. Same thing happens when we get little party spirits among us, and then we start pulling off and separating. You can't go to church. Come on. Can't, can't, can't even worship with others of like precious faith. You know what? It shows the token isn't showing. The token isn't there. It can't be displayed. You might have had a birthright and you might have got justified and forgiven of sins. You might be wearing sanctified and holy dress. You might have spoken tongues and shouted. But I tell you, if it don't display the token, it's all in vain. It's got to be displayed. Amen. The token. The token was not on display. It wasn't showing. It wasn't there. As Brother Branham would say in the church age book, to prove it was not the real. These people, even for a second generation, had appeared organized and wrote their unscriptural doctrines and built their own fences as every other group ahead of them did. And when you see, when you see people, when you see churches in turf war, when you see, when you see, are, are you with me? Preachers building fences, building their own little kingdom. We got to come to you to get it. Amen. You're going you're to tell us how we got to do. Everybody's got to follow your, follow your leadership. Remember, the token ain't showing. It ain't being on display. Amen. They may, you see, they, 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 they built their own unscriptural doctrine, built their own fences as every other group did. And I, I just want to say to some of you, some around a message, friend, we don't build doctrines on quotes. We build doctrines on Scripture. 
Amen. Now, you say, Brother Tim, you're going out on the limb. Listen, every, every word has to go back to the Word of God. And people run on tangents because they, they just pick and choose like cherry pickers, picking out their favorite quotes to build their own little kingdom with it. But it's got a dovetail from Genesis to Revelation. Whatever a doctrine is, it has to be Bible. It has to be scriptural. By the way, that ain't my teaching either. That's Brother Branham's teaching. And that ain't even Brother Branham's teaching. That's Paul's teaching. He said, if any go- anyone preach any other gospel than this, they're cursed. Amen. And Brother Branham would say, and sometimes the very thing you receive as the Holy Spirit, are born again of the Spirit, if you don't watch, it'll be the thing that condemns you at the end. You know why it'll condemn you? Because you tasted of the heavenly gift and the powers of the world to come and then fell away, refused to move on. Now, without careful study, someone would assume that if you have the true baptism of the Holy Ghost and been truly filled within the soul, that it can condemn a person at the end. That's not true. Because upon receiving the indwelling of the Spirit, one is sealed unto the day of redemption. What is the day of redemption? It's the day our bodies changed. All right? So that's what the Holy Spirit does. It comes to keep you or to seal you where you don't shipwreck along the road all the way to your destination, the day of your redemption. All right? So now, when you receive of that eternal life by the true indwelling of the Spirit of God, you can never, 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 never lose it. That removes all fear. Amen. You'll never lose it. Let me just say to you, he'll never lose you. Amen. Yeah, you, you can be born again by whatever baptism or portion of the Spirit that they receive, but you've got to be adopted and receive the true token, the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God received by portion must be received in its fullness. Now, if you're Baptist in your belief and you've accepted the pardon, the message don't take that away from you. God bless you, Baptists, that have received the pardon. Your sin's forgiven. If you've been sanctified by the blood and cleansed from filthy habits, we're not denying your sanctification wasn't of God. Very well could have been of God. Now, there's a lot of people put away smoking, drinking, corruption, you know, whatever, like that by self-effort. But there's others that God evidently done a work in their lives. Amen. We're not trying to take that from you. We're just saying there's more. Amen. If you've been filled with the Spirit until you've spoken other tongues or manifested other gifts of the Spirit, we're not denying that experience. We're not saying it wasn't genuine. We're just saying there's more. 
and the Lutherans believed and accepted righteousness by faith, but there was more. The Methodist Nazarene shouted because they were sanctified, but there was more. The Susan Pentecostal spoke in tongues and manifested other gifts, but I'm just saying there's more. That shouldn't be offensive. The whole book of Hebrews had to tell those Jews in that day, there's more. This is more than Moses. This is more. This is greater. That's the whole theme of the book of Hebrews is more and greater. What I'm telling you, if we have come back to Paul's gospel and it is more and greater. Everything is more and greater. We don't have a less of a high priest. We have a greater high priest. Some of these guys come along, the message, and these message theologians go to trying to tell us that he's no longer the high priest and he's no longer the intercessor. I want to tell you the gospel declares he's a greater high priest. Amen. And he would prove it over and over and over again. He's still the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities. Brother Branham went even preaching who is this Melchizedek would challenge the audience and say, now touch the high priest. He'd call somebody else and said, who did they touch? They touched the high priest. Hallelujah. I'm telling you today, he's still the great high priest. Amen. He is still our intercessor. He is still our mercy. Hallelujah. He is still our God. And the bride can never take his place as the intercessor. She can never do the groom's work. She's the bride. She's the recipient of the grace. Amen. Now, it's more. The absolute truth. Brother Branham would preach Adoption, see, you need, need something more. And he's talking to those who were deemed a spirit-filled people. Spirit-filled, the spirit-filled, the Lutherans, and they were justified. Do you know what? Every one of you know what it means to be justified. It happened to me. I believed on Christ. I made the greatest trade I ever could. I traded my sin for his righteousness. I'm no longer a sinner, no longer a slave to sin. My past is forgiven. But hallelujah, with this Holy Ghost, my future is clear. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. One, oh hallelujah, one clears your past. But when the seal of God comes, it clears your future that there is nothing a long life's journey that's going to cause you a shipwreck. You're going to make it. In fact, it doesn't matter when he put a seal on you, he already knows you're going to make it. Hallelujah, you're going to be there. He has predestinated you to the redemption of your body. He has set your destiny. Oh, hallelujah, church. I'm talking about a people whose destiny is not hell, whose destiny is not the grave, whose destiny is not a life of sin, but whose destiny is the change of this body and the resurrection of the dead. That 
that's what I'm preaching about. Your destiny, your future is clear. Hallelujah. He that can see the end from the beginning said, you've made it. You made it. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I see you shouting. I see you rejoicing. I see you transformed. I see you laying this old body down and you're being changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. I see a theophany coming and uniting with your body. Hallelujah. That's what I see. Amen. Now, so you see, he would teach adoption is not your birth. It's not the beginnings of your walk. It's your placing in the land. It's positioning you as a son in the promise. Now, he would speak this, and this cause the Azusa Pentecostals and the full gospel people had only received a portion of the Spirit. Whereby they spoke in tongues and shouted to dance and even, but yet still continued to live defeated lives. Constantly backsliding in the sin. The sin question had not been fully settled. Like I said, even if it's just a sin of wrong doctrine. When Brother Branham taught the placing of the sons, as a whole people in that era and that time, they were, they were abandoning every vestige and standard of holiness. They would refuse to take on his name. I'm talking about the name of Jesus Christ. This misbehavior was keeping them from being positioned in the body as recipients of the full inheritance. Why do we want the full inheritance? Because it includes the change of our bodies, the rapture. It was something more, something more than what they had received. And I'm just saying to you today, if you're still stuck out there in your walk, there's just something more for you. Don't be discouraged by that. Be happy about it. Be happy God's got more for you. Amen. Be rejoice and be exceedingly glad. God's got more for you. Amen. Now, although what they had received had brought salvation for at least some of them, there was something more that was needed for the rapture. This is why the token message is so important. It's because the token comes at the evening time. Now, but we, we have been given this supernatural supreme token. That all that was foreshadowed in the past as portions of spirit has been given to this generation in full. Luther had a portion. Wesley had a portion. Azusa had a greater portion. But it was all just portions. God had something more. Now, Azusa streets always believed there was something more, but they thought it was more of the same old, same old. So they've been trying for 100 years to reproduce Azusa Street, and they can't do it. Now, but what about statements like this? Now, the placing of the sun, 
place in the sun. This is an adoption number three. First thing after the first thing after the son was in, he become a son. But then we find out his behavior is what set him to adoption, whether he behaved right or not. Now there is a correct way to place adoption based on behavior. But first, let me emphasize that nothing that you can do or will do after being receiving the Holy Spirit, adopted into the body of Christ, there is nothing you can do or will do that will cause you to miss the rapture. But once you've received that true baptism of the Holy Ghost within yourself, sealed by the Holy Ghost, it unites you and God Together, and nothing can ever separate you. Hallelujah. Well, if I can't do nothing to separate me, well, then I'll just go paint paint the town red. No, God, when when God did this, he knew your nature would be changed by this. And your heart desire would to do be do what is right. And that you would no longer willfully sin. And let me just say, it ain't just you having willpower. That God anointed your willpower. It's more than that. It's God's willpower in you. Now like Brother Branham talked about in the message, he cares do you care. And he was asked, uh, he began to talk about, you know, now what if I went on a trip? And he said, while I was going on this trip, he said, you know, uh, I'm away from my wife. And, you know, I love my wife, but, you know, I'm missing her. I'm missing, you know, life and, and so on. And he said, what if I would maybe kiss another woman? What if I would transcribe? Now, he's using this because he's trying to explain what sincere confession is. Because people were coming without sincere confession. And he said, the, the insincere confession was, oh, honey, you know, uh, you, you know this old boy here, um, you know, you know I, what if I did a little something wrong against you? You know, I, I, you know, I, you know, you know. She'd say, well, what got into my husband? The sin is not sincere. It's not coming with godly confession. Look, honey, I know this may cost me my marriage, but I've got to make this right with you. And I'm coming sincerely confessing. So Brother Bradham's explaining what a sincere confession is. He's explaining why people don't get delivered because they don't really, truly confess. They're not real sincere. They, they're wanting to hold something back. They're wanting to keep, you know, you know, I'll serve you, but don't mess with my habits. Don't mess with my video games. Don't mess with my pornography. Don't mess with, you know, leave, leave me, let me be a Christian, but I, I want to hold on to this worldliness. Not a sincere confession. You've got to come knowing it means everything between life and death. But he said, in there he interjects, you know, what if I had transgressed? And then he, he interjects very quickly. He said, of course, 
my comforter wouldn't let me do that. You see, when the comforter come, he's the keeper. It ain't no longer you keeping yourself. It's him keeping you. That though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'm not alone in this. So Brother Bradham would say, he said, would say in the breach. Another thing, a seal is a security. Now look, God could break a Roman seal and open up a tomb, but ain't no Roman can break God's seal. When God puts a seal, there's not enough devils that can break that seal. Hallelujah. The seal means you're secured. Now, you don't, that don't believe in eternal security, I don't know. But a seal signifies security to its destination. Woe unto that guy that would try to break that seal. And the Holy Spirit seal cannot be broken. You all heard me say that people said, the devil made me do this. He said, no, no. The devil didn't do it. You just wasn't sealed in. So then, because when you're sealed in, he's sealed out. Hallelujah. Now you went out to him. He couldn't get into you because the only way he can get to you is to come through the same process that you have. He'd have to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Then he would be your brother. So he didn't do it. You just went to the borderline and came back lusting for the things of the world. Never went all the way into Canaan. You see, across Jordan, death to self. So old self never died, is still living. In the token message, he said, there it cannot perish now. The life lays over it. It's a token. It lays over that little body. It lays over that soul of that person. There is a token over there, the Holy Spirit, that it belongs to God. When I see the token, I'll pass over you. A positive token. The Holy Spirit is our token. Therefore, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you pass from death unto life. That's all there is to it because life is in you. You can no more perish. The Bible said that he that's born of God does not commit sin for he cannot sin for the seed of God. Amen. The seed of God remains in him. And then how can he sin when the sinless God is in him? When he's in a sinless God, how can he sin? No matter what he's done, the blood's covered him. See, he's a new creature now. His desires and ambitions is of heaven because he's changed from a cockabur to a wheat. His desires ain't the same as they once was, and he displays it. You say, oh, I believe that and still sinning? Nah, you're deceived. See, it can't display nothing but the token. Amen. I'm talking about a restored people. I'm talking about something that can restore you back to like they were at the beginning. Amen. You say, you mean, Brother Tim, I'll no longer have this flesh. You'll have this flesh till it's changed. 
Amen. There will always be fleshly desires. You say, I'll never have no temptation. Jesus did. Amen. Sure he did. Amen. But he also delivers from evil. Not only, do I, not only sometimes are we led into temptation, but when we get led into temptation, he delivers from evil. Are you with me? Amen. Not only that. Are you, are you with me, church? Amen. There in the hour of temptation, the token held. Amen. He took the inoculation against sin, and he proved it was a cure for sin disease. And it'll bring your body subject to the word of God. Amen. The moment you turn to do something wrong, something will move down on the inside of me. It'll turn over inside. So turn from that. Walk a different way. That ain't who you are. Amen. I said, amen. My comforter keeps me. Amen. My comforter keeps me. There's a token that's got to be displayed in his keeping power. Amen. Now we pray here tonight and tomorrow we backslide again and out and we go back in the world and up and down. No, we're talking about a consistent life with Christ. We're talking about a mature church. I'm not going to take from you your justification, your sanctification, or even your, your dance in the spirit. But I tell you, I want you to be so filled with the token. The literal life of Christ. Until sin is dead, it's midnight. How is it then your misbehavior can keep you from adoption, from being placed as a son? The believer having done the first work of the Spirit, having a confession of faith, will never be adopted or filled, filled completely with the Holy Ghost in the realm of the soul. As long as there's areas of his life, he will not surrender. He keeps on sinning. Brother Branham would, you know, use a, a teacher trying to uh, tutor this child as it matures, trying to get it to grow up and take responsibility. And, and, and he, he said, the tutor is the Holy Spirit, which is bringing the word of God to you and, you know, convicting you of sin and saying, now it's wrong, you shouldn't do that. You know, you do something and you feel so bad and, you know, and whatever. It's the Holy Spirit. Brother Brandon would call it the barking dog. Remember the man that went out, you know, looking for gold and found it and come back and, 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 and here he has this dog and this dog's been with him all this time and it's his buddy, it's his companion, but tomorrow I'm going to be rich. Tomorrow I'm going to be wealthy. When I get into town with this gold, I've struck gold. And he said, the dog began to bark. Shut up, dog. Hush up. I'm going to be rich. I don't need a stupid old dog like you. Shut up. Didn't know there was an enemy coming in. That dog just keep yupping. Didn't know there was a thief coming. That would be taking his life. Finally, he gets so angry. He just takes and shoots the dog. 
I'm going to be a wealthy man tomorrow. Just a few hours, he was a dead man because he hushed that voice. People do a good job of hushing the voice. It'll keep telling you over and over and over, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And you'll cover it up and justify it and hide under it and, you know, try to convince I'm okay. You better listen to the voice. Amen. Because it ain't no dog, it's the Holy Ghost. Keeping, keeping there alerting you of that sin in your life. You got to deal with it. But anyway, these believers or these children were kept disappointing the tutor. Now, Brother Brandon would say, I ain't saying you ain't a child of God. I'm not trying to de-Christianize you, in other words. I'm just saying you'll never inherit. You can never be trusted with the kingdom. You'll never live in that city. You'll never, you'll never go in a rapture. The way these people were continuing on disappointing the tutor. You know, he's trying to get them to grow and putting aside the foolish things of the world and add to his faith, to his profession, virtue, and that strength to hold on and patiently waiting on the promise, not giving up, asking God to sanctify his ungodly temper. Of course, he can't do this by himself. He must ask for help from the tutor, the Holy Ghost. These are works of the Holy Spirit washing and cleansing through repentance. God will not give him the Holy Ghost, the robe, the ring, the check sign and authority until he has his life in order through repentance. Now let me ask you, what did Peter say about those who lack these virtues? He said, if these things be in you and abound, first he talks about them being in you and abound, They shall make you where you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's first prerequisite. If it's in you and they are bounding in you, you won't be an unfruitful Christian. Secondly, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Hmm. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall. How many wants to be that people that never falls? Say, that ain't possible. Well, Peter said it was. If you do these things, you shall never fall. Amen. I want to be that kind of a person. Amen. That God can have confidence in me. Amen. You, that you can write out the check. You can speak with authority. You're my representative on earth. Amen. Now, Peter says that those have these virtues in place, being sealed with the Holy Ghost, won't be barren. They won't be void of the virtues, but fruitful. If a believer lacks these things, and he habitually and willfully sins, and falls as an overcomer, not being an overcomer, but falling to his to sin. He's blind and he's forgot that he was purged from his old sins. Do you see it? A person who lacks the virtues still needs purging. They still need sanctifying. 
He gets washed, sins again. It's kind of like washing up a pig. Goes right back to the, the mire from which he's washed. Come on. He gets washed, sins again, has to be purged again. You know, people go through this. Many of them, they, listen, they don't just sit out in Baptist churches and Methodist churches and Pentecostal churches. They get in message churches. And you got people in the same old vicious cycle. They can never get the victory and keep it. But I'm telling you, you're living beneath your privilege. Amen. God is offering something more in this age and this time than just something that will treat your sin, but it will cure your sin. It's the folly of denomination who denies the power thereof to cleanse you and keep you from sin. Hallelujah. Now, God doesn't take away your temper. He gives you something to control it. He don't take away your passion as a man or woman for procreation. He just gives you a place to control it. God, God puts a bit in your mouth. And no matter how the body wants to turn this way or that way, he's got a bit in your mouth and he turns you the way he wants you to go. Are you with me? Now, look, look at the disciples. They had believed on Christ. They had walked with him. They had seen his miracles. Now, I want you to watch John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You see, Judas was sanctified. Judas cast out devils. He had a healing campaign. He, he actually participated in one. Judas preached. Judas got anointed. Amen. But Judas failed to go into the upper room. He stopped short, are you with me, to going on into the upper room. As Brother Branham said in Questions and Answers 3, he said Judas Iscariot followed those same tracks. He was justified by believing on the Lord Jesus and then accept him as his personal Savior. He was sanctified and give power to cast out spirit, put his name on the Lamb's book of life. But when it come to Pentecost, then the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the fullness of the word, he showed his colors. By the way, if you didn't catch it, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Pentecost, is the fullness of the word. And when it came to the fullness of the word, he showed his colors. That's exactly what the Canaan spies did, and that's exactly what Esau did. But when the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, those who were filled were adopted and placed. Amen. Amen. Did that mean they no longer ever needed correction? Oh, no. Paul turned around to Peter and said, you're to be blamed. Amen. And he said, I, I, I withstood him to his face. Because, of some, because he made some poor judgments. Amen. Amen. Yeah, there, there, there may be times you make poor judgments, but I tell you, the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. It will tell you you have done wrong, and it will bring you right back to repentance. It will not let you live in that mire of sin 
over and over and over and over again. No, sir, you will live in victory. Hallelujah. That's what I'm preaching to a victorious church. Amen. Now, did you notice once that they were filled with the Holy Ghost? There's not one incident where they had to grow and grow and grow and get some adoption sometime later. No, they immediately began to act in his authority, sign the checks, walked right out of the upper room, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. When you get the Holy Ghost, friends, that is the token. It shows that God has approved you to carry his life to the world. Amen. But it was more than the spirit that justified him. It was more than a sanctified life. It was more than a tongue or a dance. Now, I'm trying to find a little place to close here because I'll have to pick this up at another time. But listen, in a leadership, Brother Branham said, many of you think, now this stumbles a lot of people. So hold on to your seat. I remember years ago, you know, when our Pentecostal friends couldn't swallow this one. They really had trouble with it. Many of you think, I've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to heaven. That don't mean one thing that you're going to heaven. No, sir, you can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost every hour in your life. And still be lost and go to hell. And there's many of them who had baptisms of the Spirit. And said, Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name? Haven't we, haven't we done mighty miracles? And he will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you're a worker of iniquity. Where did they get that power? Satan can't cast out Satan, or his kingdom is divided. But what was it? You see, they would get the Holy Ghost on their flesh realm or on their spirit realm, but it never penetrated that soul. So guess what? Here they walk out the door after shouting their hair down and go commit adultery. Yet having a baptism of the Spirit. Modern events made clear by prophecy, he said, there's many people just can't believe it, even spirit-filled people. Can you imagine spirit-filled people? Some of them just can't believe it. They just can't believe. And he said, I'm going to give you one that'll choke you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost don't mean you're going in. No, not at all. Not on that. It don't have anything to do with your soul. He said, that, that's the baptism, see? Here's the inside soul in here. That has to come from God. But then on the inside, you have five senses, inlets, and you contact, to contact your, your earthly home. You know what that is, that see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. Inside, you have a spirit in there, and you have five outlets, your conscience, your, you know, your, your memory, your, your imagination, your conscience, affection, and your reasoning. And, he, and so he said, five outlets to the Spirit. Now remember, in that Spirit, in your reasoning, your imagination, your conscience, your affection. Are you with me? In that realm 
You can be baptized with the genuine spirit of God and still be lost. It is the spirit that lives that was ordained of God or the soul that lives that was ordained of God. Did Jesus say many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, haven't I cast out devils and done great and mighty works and prophesied the great gifts of God? And he said, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. Many will come in that day. Now, church, that's why I'm preaching here. You've got to be born again. According to Malachi 4. And it's got to turn the heart. Not just give you a tongue or a dance. Or give you a profession of faith. Or sanctify you and you got long hair. And still got a long tongue. And all other kind of filth going on in your life. The Holy Ghost has got to come on the inside of the inside of the inside. You can get so anointed on the outside. And shout up and down the aisles. But if it don't bring your life subject to the word of God, come on. It it may have been an anointing of the spirit. It may have been a justification by faith. It may have been a sanctification where you put off some things of the world. It may have given you a dance or a shout, but it's got to change the inside of you and quicken the life to see gene of God inside. Amen. What does it mean? It means to be born of the word and the spirit. It brings us back to the spoken word again of John 3. To be born of the water and the spirit, what does it do? It brings you back unto the place of where you should have been at the beginning. Amen. So those going into rapture, they've got to have more than a portion of the spirit. The confession of faith is the work of the spirit. That leads you to embrace the knowledge of Christ. It's important. Amen. It it leads you to embrace the knowledge of Christ, his message, but it's a portion. Sanctification is a work of the Spirit. whereby Whereby the professor, by the knowledge of the word, begins to be washed. Oh, it's wrong to do that. It's wrong to do this. It's wrong to do It's all works and works and labor. It's not even a rest. You see people that's in that level, they're always feeling, you know, under condemnation or else they're condemning somebody else and therefore measuring how much better I am than they because I don't do this or that. Sanctification is a very dangerous place because you can look holy and act holy and have exhibitions of holy and yet still be unholy. You can wear all the clothes. You can do all the do's and the don'ts. And it all looks good on the outside, but it's external. You can still be mean as a snake on the inside. It's a very dangerous place. Although it's a very great place, you got to be sanctified. Some people are trying to get the Holy Ghost without being sanctified. That's a bad mistake. You'll never get the Holy Ghost until you're cleansed first. He's not going to come live in a dirty vessel. As long as you're thinking like the world, acting like the world, wanting the world, forget it. He'll never seal that vessel. 
Something's loose in your life. Now, so a person can, can be so baptized by the Spirit that they're so overjoyed they can speak in other languages, even heavenly languages. But yet it's but a work of the Spirit. And it is but a portion. A person can do all this and not have the indwelling of the Spirit of God. It's like the conception. You know, it's really... You know, they call it a birth. Brother Branham would use their terminology because that's what they call it. Lutheran call this the new birth. Wesley would call it the new birth. Pentecost would call it the new birth. But really, it's like the conception in the womb and the growth of a baby is sanctifications in the womb is still that growing. But it's like you're conceived. Something's conceived. You believe on the Lord Jesus you profess him as your savior. And then it's, something starts. And then you grow. You begin to push out. Oh, it's wrong to this. And it's wrong for that. And you push that all away. And I want more of Jesus. And I want more of God. And you begin to grow. And, you know, and, 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 and you know, here, here again. But let me just say. It must receive the breath of God and be indwelled by the Spirit. Let me tell you, you can't remain in the womb forever. Might be there a long time, but you can't stay there forever. It's got to have a birth. And when it comes to birth, it's got to have the life enter into it. And that life is what we're talking about. And that's when you're truly born again of the Spirit of God. When God breathes the breath of life, the baptism of the Holy Ghost into you. And then you're no longer dead, but you're alive. Amen. But now, again, what is, what is that life? It's the literal life of Christ. That comes to dwell in the person. What a day. What an hour we're living in. It's a time to just play. The token. It's a time where. His sign must be upon you. What sign? The sign of his approval. That you belong to him. Amen. Not only this. You belong to him, but he belongs to you. He becomes your God, and you become his people. Hallelujah. Amen. A restored people with a restored life in a restored land. Amen. And then when you're there dwelling in this land, every promise in the book is yours. No good thing will he withhold from you. Because you can't help but walk uprightly. Amen. All sin under the blood. Amen. All of your life changed. And a new creature in you. Sin nature no longer dwells in you. Amen. This is the age of the personal life. This is where you must have the life of Christ. Amen. Will you stand together with me? What a day that we're living in.
You need Jesus more than you ever needed him. We can't make it without him. Without him, we're lost. Play without him, I could do nothing. I want you to just think on this this morning. I know I've labored a while. You know, we had evangelistic sermons. We had pastors who preached evangelistically. But I'm in a different office this morning. I didn't come here as a special or guest speaker. I come here as a pastor. To labor as an ox. To lay out the word for you. To tell you there's more. And if you hadn't received it, Ask God for it. And if you have received it, start walking with Him. Shamgar, realize your seed of Abraham. Display that token. Display that life. We're not a church that can just go along and talk about doctrine, preach doctrine. We must display the life. It's got to be displayed in every virtue of God, in healing and deliverance, in power, in signs and wonders. It must be on display. To be on display means it must be where everybody can see it. Well, we're not just talking about the message, but the message is living. And I'm just saying to you, You've been a Shemgar. You know your seed of Abraham. You know your blood bought. You know who you are. I'm telling you, get your, get your ox goat out today. Whatever's in your hands, claim your inheritance. Claim what belongs to you. Go take back what, what the devil stole from you. This is your lamb. This is your land. Is there a promise in here laying for you? Is there? Is there is there something laying in here that you're still yet to possess? I'm telling you it's yours. I'm telling you you're adopted sons. I'm not trying to take from you. I'm trying to tell you. And I'm even trying to say, if you don't got it, you can get it. If you want the Father's approval, He wants to approve your life. Yield that to Him. Surrender it to Him today. Ask Him today, Lord, take my life. Take all that I am. I surrender it to you, Lord. I want nothing to be held back. I want to be that bride without spot or wrinkle or blemish. I want to be everything you said. Hallelujah. Amen. I want that word to dwell within me. I want that mind that was in Christ. I want to begin to think his thoughts and speak his word. Speak to my mountain. Speak to my situation. Amen. I want to be a fig tree killer. I want to be a mountain mover. I want to be a sack of mine tree thrower right over into the ocean. 
Amen. I want to be that believer that God said I could be. Amen. What's in my hand? I've got the name of Jesus. I'm going to hold the name of Jesus against that enemy. Oh, hallelujah. It might be poverty that's holding you down. Hold the name of Jesus. It might be sickness that is holding you. Hold the name of Jesus. It may be a lost loved one and discouragement about hold the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, hold that name of Jesus. Call on that name. He is here to supply every need. Amen. Hallelujah. Without him I could do nothing. Think of it now. Without him I'd surely fail. a ship without a sail. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. 